Well, it's great to be here. Great to see you here. And uh, I, uh, I had my good friend John Can, when he knew I was going to speak this morning, he said, tough act to follow. And uh, don't, I know it's a tough act. In fact, it's impossible, I think, just about for anybody to follow Pastor Joel. Isn't his preaching just the greatest that you could ever hope for? I tell you, I think it's just everything that is needed as far as pastoral teaching and preaching. And uh, I'm, I'm just loving. When I come in here, I just have the most wonderful feeling of how everything is in such great hands. And so I was sitting down here last Sunday. And I had a message that I was going to preach today because Pastor Joel asked me some time ago if I would do this. And all of a sudden, when he talked about what he was talking about, that got all turned around. And I was taking notes like crazy, not up from his message as much as what I thought I should talk about uh, today. And so uh, it was just so exciting to me to hear some of his stories as well, um, talking about, uh, you know, he had that one sermon, if you were here last Sunday, that he just preached everywhere, and then he had to find out that there was hard work to preparing sermons, and of course that made me think of some of my experiences. Now, I want to say this at the outset. Some people who have been in this church for a long time, there's much of what I will share today that you've heard before, but most likely need to hear it again as far as some of the illustrations of what God can do. But you'll never, ever have heard it in the context and in the way that I'm going to be talking about it uh, this morning. So this is one of those things that some of you who have been here a long time, but most of you would not have heard me share, was my first time to have speaking in evangelistic meetings one night after another. I was a kid, 18 years old, had not learned how to preach. They had not taught that at, at the college at that time where I was going. And so I went there with two sermons that weren't that great that I put together and had to speak every night. Now, I don't know whether you can anticipate what that must have been like for a kid that doesn't know how to preach to be having to come up with a new sermon every night. And I'd be looking in this Bible and searching and seeking and say, oh, Lord, there's got to be a sermon in here someplace. But I was having a hard time to find them. And so went to this country place and had these revival meetings and uh, with this, this, this one, these two sermons. Now, I'm going to get to that a little bit later. But uh, when I think of... <laughs> When I think of what Joel was saying about uh, uh, having to prepare so much and having, uh, uh, having the work of preparing a sermon every Sunday, we had a preacher one time who said, he just believed you open your mouth, let the Lord fill it. You shouldn't prepare, you shouldn't have notes and so on. So he's preaching at our conference center and uh, he's preaching away about the fact that you shouldn't have notes and you should just open your mouth, let God fill it. And he was trying to remember a verse that he couldn't get a hold of where it was found. And the former pastor of this church, who was a highly respected leader, B.C. Cochran, was conducting the service. And so this preacher was bouncing around, and he turned around to Mr. Cochran, and he said, Mr. Cochran, where is that verse found? And Mr. Cochran said, Jim, that's where your notes would come in handy. Well, <clears throat> sometimes we need uh, to do a little preparation, and, uh, and, and Pastor Joel is one of the best 
at preparing of anybody I have ever uh, seen. So it's just wonderful to see what God is doing in this place. And so what I was reminded of as Joel spoke from Proverbs 21:31, the horse is made ready for the days of battle. That's man's part. Then it goes on to say, but victory rests with the Lord, and that is God's part. Now, in doing what I am doing now with the Buckingham Leadership Institute, mentoring pastors and, and doing consultations in churches, I primarily try to teach and talk about man's part in being the kind of leader that we need to be, the kind of leaders we need to be, and coming up with the kinds of methods and, and principles and concepts that are going to work in today's culture. But when Joel was talking about that last Sunday, it got me thinking about the many times that we have seen the miracle working power of God in our midst and the transformations and changes and healings and everything else that that has brought to people when you just knew it had nothing to do with man. It was all the power of God. And the Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Isn't it wonderful to be in this place from Sunday to Sunday when you just sense the glorious power of the Holy Spirit? Isn't it great to see that and feel that and, and hear about what that power is doing to make such a a major difference in people's lives. And so I got reflecting and looking up the scriptures that had power in them. Well, there's hundreds of scriptures with power in them. And I got thinking about how that power has impacted my own life. And if it weren't for that power, I would never in the world have gone into the ministry because I was probably the most unlikely candidate that could ever be imagined. I did terrible in school. I, did, I just felt like I could never fulfill this call because I just didn't have the gifts and graces and capabilities. I thought, well, maybe I could be a farmer because I was brought up on the farm. Everything I touched on the farm, every piece of machinery I ever touched, I broke on the farm. I couldn't farm to save my soul. I couldn't do anything. I was no good at anything. But I just felt this call. And one of the things that helped me with that is realizing that there is the power of God in the call of God, and whatever God has called us to be and do, He will give us the power to do it. And that's just something that we can be sure of today, that that power will be there. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, I want you to notice it. Brothers and sisters, think of what we were when you were, call when you were called. See, the calling there. Not many of you were wise or by human standards. Not many were influential. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Did that ever fit me? Not many were of noble birth, brought up in the country place on the farm. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Aren't you glad that there is that higher power today that can enable any of us to do whatever it is God would have us to do. And then as we think of that great power in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 3 and 5, he says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. And boy, I was a nervous kid. I was scared of everything. 
everything was a mountain to me. Every, everything that you could think of that would be normal and easy for most people was overwhelming to me because of just being that kind of a temperament that I was just so nervous about everything. So you talk about fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, and was that ever the truth, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's what? Power. There it is again. Power, 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 power. It is just a stream throughout the entire Scriptures, that power. Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ. And of course, as we get to know Him, and we get closer to Him, and we keep open to His direction, we're going to see and more and sense more and feel more and have more of that power because, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and the participation of His sufferings being like Him in His death. In other words, we can endure everything, not on our own, for sure not on but when there is that special demonstration of his wonderful, great, powerful power. So, when I look back and think of that demonstration of power, I was asked by the president of Kingswood University when I was attending there to go and speak when at Kingswood at that time was in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, and come over on the boat from Digby to St. John and speak at a youth rally in Sussex. Now, just stop and think about this. There had to be the leading of the Lord for that president to ask me to do that. Never preached before in a church. I was supposed to be representing the college. Can you imagine the risk of asking somebody who had never ever preached in a church before to represent the college? I mean, that had to be the power of the Holy Spirit leading him to do that, or it would be the most foolish thing you could ever imagine. And it could have ended up being a foolish thing. And I remember I was scared. to. I spent hours in the library trying to get a message together. And if I could just, I thought, if I could just get 20 minutes of a message. By the way, this message has eight points. I'll never get through them all. We'd be here for three hours. I wish I could have difficulty getting a 20-minute message today. But anyway, and, and, and so... We got there, and, and I, was, I, I didn't sleep. I remember going out in the countryside, and there was a bunch of cows on the, the other side of a river there that I practiced my sermon preaching to the cows and heard birds in the trees in the background singing as I was preaching. And, and I, first time through, I got 15 minutes of a message. I thought, oh, man, this is great. I do it another time, I'll get 20 minutes. And then I did it a second time, it went down to 10 minutes. And then I tried it a third time, went down to five minutes. Just forget that. And uh, so went to the church that night, petrified, petrified. You, when I say this, there's no way that any of you could ever begin to comprehend how much of a nightmare that was. And walked in there, and when they, the guy that was in charge looked at me, it was like, oh my goodness, you, you mean this guy is going to speak at this rally of a bunch of churches that had come from all over this region tonight and and I was 18 but mentally I was probably 15 and physically would look 15 I was about three years behind in everything now I wish I could look three years behind now but anyway and he just kind of looked at me shocked almost there was another guy that was going to be preaching as well before the service we went up to a room off to the side to pray and everybody there, 
prayed except me. You know why I didn't pray? I was frozen. I was so scared and so nervous, I couldn't even pray. And then a few minutes later, I'm going to have to preach. I mean, can you imagine? And, and, and I'm just, well, how can I do this? Listen, I just can't do this. Do you ever have a bad dream when you, you know, there's something that you have to do. It's just impossible to do. That's kind of the way. So anyway, halfway through that service, something came over that service that had nothing to do with man. It was the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. There was a power that just saturated the place. Everybody could feel it. I could feel it. And I'll tell you, something hit me, something came over me, that I got up there and I preached almost as good a sermon as Billy Graham. I was felt so, felt so much the freedom and the power of the Holy, and preached for a whole 20 minutes, if you can imagine. And so I'm saying to us, God will not call us to do anything. He will not give us the power to do. Now, it was not I'm sure the greatest. But you know something? The power of the Holy Spirit is more important than polish. It'd be nice for everything to be as excellent as it can be, but power is more important than polish. So power of the call, then power to save. And, and God speaking to the hearts of people so that they will come to know him. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, it says, This is the word of the Lord, not by might, not by power. Now, that's the power of man. See, that's what it's talking about there. But what? By the power of my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And how we have seen demonstrations of that over and over again. And I guess why I'm focusing on this today is just to affirm your faith your believability in what God can do in this day like never before in the history of the world. There is no reason why we can't see greater things happen today than ever before in all of history because we got a powerful God, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and is ready, waiting, and willing to demonstrate that power if we believe in that power and rely upon that power power to transform and power to lead. So I started to tell you about going to this country place with two messages, and we continued there for a week of meetings every night, and I'm having to get new... And uh, listen, I, I cannot say this strongly enough. The preaching was horrible. I mean, have you ever heard of somebody getting up to preach and you didn't know what they were talking about? Have you ever been in a service like that? Well, have you ever been in a service when you went to hear somebody preach, and that preacher didn't even know what he was talking about? And that's kind of, that's a kind of the confusion and the way, the state of mind I was in because I, I, I just was fumbling, and it was terrible, and very few people came. And then the last Sunday night of that week, I was just so relieved it was over with and that I'd be going home. And we gave the invitation for people to come forward to receive Christ as their Savior, to be transformed by that power. We had no doubt about that power to change lives. And nobody came forward. Well, then the preacher got up and he started praying a closing prayer. 
And at the, just as soon as he started praying, I had something come over me that had never had happened before or never had happened since. And it was this. After he prays that benediction, we need to get the people to sing another verse of the invitation for people to come forward. When he finished praying, I got up and said, I think we should sing another verse. We sang another verse, and five people immediately stepped out to come forward, kneel down, and pray, and receive Christ as our Savior. After the service was over, one of the guys said to me, he said, the person that was standing alongside of him whispered to him during the benediction and said, if they had sung another verse, I would have gone forward. We sang the other verse. I didn't know that, of course. And five people came forward to receive Christ. The power of the Lord present to heal and to change lives. Well, the preacher, they hadn't seen people come to Christ in a long time in that community. And the preacher was all emotional and stirred up, and he got up before the people. He said, how many think the brother should continue another week? And all those crazy people hollered amen. Seemed like everybody hollered amen that was in that room. And so this poor brother that didn't have any sermons had to continue for another week, and the people had to put up with that for another week. And the, it got noised abroad what was going on. And people started coming and filling the place. Why? The power of the Lord was present to heal them and present to give what, this preacher whatever was needed to preach the message that needed to be preached. And I remember the place was packed. There'd be people outside, couldn't get in the building. The crowds were coming. But it was just totally the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and I remember one night I was preaching away, and, I, and we had so many people. Whoops, I better not fall down here. That that we were right up to the very edge of the platform and I was pointing my finger as I was preaching and there was a sinner sitting right in front of me and he got so mad he never came back again because he thought I was preaching at him and I, I but I, you know, I just didn't know any better. Talk to, oh, I won't go into all the details, but I'll tell you, it had to be the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So the next Sunday night gave the invitation. A whole bunch more people came forward to receive Christ and I had my clothes in the car, my bag packed, ready to go to my next appointment, which, by the way, I didn't have one. I was back home again. And, 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 and the preacher, all emotional, said, how many think the brother should continue for another week? And the brother had to continue another week of painfully trying to find message. And, we can, and this happened again the next Sunday. I was there for four whole weeks not knowing how to preach, but the power of the Lord was present, and that's what made the difference. And on that last afternoon, out in that country place, out in that country place where there were no people, there were 300 people out for a baptismal service to see dozens of people who had received Christ baptized, and I, met, I meet some of those people every so often, even today, the power of the Lord present to heal to save, to change. Listen, I, I just got to, I, I may only get two or three points of this message. Oh, my word. <laughs> I won't even get two or three points, I don't think. I know I've said this before, but this, the time goes 10 times faster up here than it does down there, I'll guarantee you. And, and I haven't got hardly the first base here. I'll have to finish this up sometime if Pastor Joel will let me preach sometime in the future. But anyway, yeah. So, so 
1967, B.C. Cochran, the former pastor here, asked me if I would come to be an evangelist for a series of meetings. And I was, I won't go into the details, but I was, I was exhausted. But he thought the time, and he had a sensitivity, he really did, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And he just called these meetings a short time ahead, feeling this was the time. This is what the Lord would have him do. That was the power of God calling and leading. And so I agreed to come. And so we continued these meetings. For we're going to start on Sunday night and finish on a Sunday night. And as those meetings continued, there was a powerful sense of God's presence and an expectation and anticipation that something great and unusual was going to happen. And we were expecting it any night during those series of meetings that something unbelievable, unprecedented, God wanted something great to happen, but it wasn't happening. We had a few people come to Christ, and some of them are in this church today. Just talked to one of them last Sunday. But I remember we said, this has got to happen. Something's got to break here. Something has got to give because there's something that God wants to do in an unusual and outstanding way. And Saturday night, I did not sleep because this anticipation was so strong. And there was such a, uh, an expectancy. And thinking about the services of that next day, I never slept all night. And I'll tell you how I know why. I was staying with the Cochrans, and they had one of these clocks that chimes every 15 minutes. And I heard that stupid thing every 15 minutes. And I got up to preach that next Sunday morning expecting something was going to happen and nothing happened. And I preached that Sunday night. And in the giving the invitation, there were like something like 38 people or something like that came forward to receive Christ as Savior and to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I still felt this sense of expectation. There was no relief. There was no release in spite of the fact We'd seen such an enormous breakthrough, people kneeling, filling the front of the church, the whole front, with people praying and some in the aisles because there wasn't room for everybody at the front. And yet, we knew, I felt, so the meeting was not over, and the invitation continued. And I remember Mr. Cochran taking some of the board members downstairs right while the service was going on to talk about whether we should continue for a couple of more nights. And then... A great lady in this church who lives over here at People's Park. She might be here this morning, but she's not that well. Myrtle Ryder. She was sitting up to the front on the right, and she walked back to the back of the church and went over and very politely spoke to this man that was standing there, tall, distinguished-looking guy. And she spoke to him for quite a little while. And, of course, what she was saying to him, if you would like to go forward to receive Christ, I will go with you. And by and by, he stepped up from his seat, and he came down and turned his life over to Christ and was changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Later became a board member in this church. Then he moved out west, but he was dramatically changed. And I didn't know him, didn't know Myrtle, didn't know hardly anybody in the church. But when that man stepped out to come forward, 
I knew that this meeting was over. These meetings were over. God had accomplished what was supposed to have been accomplished and having the people come together for these meetings in the first place. You could just sense the power of the Lord. Now, I want to say, and I, I, again, we're going to have to finish this up some other time, but we're living in a day when we're, we've got so many naysayers, we've got so many non-believers in the church world. Here's what I read in the paper this past week. Because of a church that in this area that had closed its doors, and this is what a person in the church had to say. The generations after ours don't go to church anymore. So there's no population to continue it. Just because you have a nice building doesn't necessarily mean people are going to come and see it. The media has picked up on this. Everybody is talking about how the church is in decline in general. And yet, my friends, where people still believe in the power of the resurrection, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the blood, the power of prayer, the power of the Word of God that talks about power, 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 where people still believe that the church of Jesus Christ is alive and marching forward, and hundreds and thousands of people are coming to know Jesus Christ as Savior. And it's happening here. It's happening in this place. Oh, the stories of transformations, the stories of people who have been in bondage to sin and alcohol and drugs and all kinds of patterns that have, have been destructive. And I'm just going to skip to a, a verse here that I, I, I think would help us in our... And we're, guys, you guys are up there, you're going to have a hard time to follow me, so just kind of, you maybe just need to forget it because we're going to have to skip through this. But here's what the Scripture says in relation to power, the power to change. 2 Peter 1.3, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glorious goodness. Power to change because he has given us everything. Now listen, that power, because of that power, he will give us everything that we need in order to make the changes that he would have us make. Isn't that wonderful to know? And we can discover that as we turn our lives over to him. Uh, then it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons we fight, the weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to what? To demolish strongholds. I mean, how many people in this place at one juncture for many, many years you have been in prison and those prison bars have been broken asunder because of the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the resurrection and the power of Christ working and changing and, and giving us everything that we need to see those strongholds that have held us back demolished. But I tell you, God's working in his church because of people who believe in that power. We've got a church in Quispam Sis. I just read this the other day. When the pastor became the pastor of that church, they were running around 500 people. That was five years ago. Now they're running around 1,500 people. But that's not the best news. The best news is the number of people who are coming to Christ. 392 people have received Christ as Savior since last May. They have baptized last weekend, a couple weekends ago, 67 people were baptized over one weekend. Is God alive or not? Is this power being demonstrated or not? Oh, my. And then over the period of, uh, 
As I, said, I guess I've already covered that, but it's just, oh, we have another church in Halifax. Uh, the pastor went there just a couple of years ago. Their attendance has doubled with dozens of people being baptized and lives being changed by the transforming power of Christ. And I tell you, I thank God that there is more than enough power for whatever it is we need. Because it says we are more than conquerors. I read about a car this past week that can travel 384 miles an hour. Not kilometers, miles an hour. Now, that's more power than is necessary, wouldn't you say? And I'm saying to us today, whatever it is that's holding us back, whatever it is that's hindering us, whatever it is that's keeping us defeated, whatever it is that's held us kept us from experiencing life as God wanted to experience, there is enough power for all of us that we can be victorious no matter what the setbacks, what the problems, what the hurts, what the pressures, what the patterns, what the habits, what the addictions, whatever it may be. There is more than enough power for us today for the message of the cross is foolishness so to those who are perishing. A lot of people, they don't understand this. It's foolishness to them. And I understand that when you see it through the eyes of those who do not know Christ, but to those who are being saved, it is what? The power of God. Aren't you glad for the power this morning? Amen. Let's stand together. And let's let God have his way in this place today as we look to him for the demonstration of that power. And I'm just saying to us today, you know, there's something that happens when we put forth an extra effort on, that's man's part. And then God is ready to do his part. And, and there's something to be said for people encouraging one another, praying for one another, looking to God in faith for that power. And whatever it is that's lacking in your life, God wants to change that this morning by his power. It may be that you're having difficulty at work. It may be you're having difficulty with people. It may be that you're having difficulty with something that you've struggled with and you, you just are troubled because you don't seem to be on top of it. Whatever that is. What maybe, maybe you know that you need to turn your life over to Christ and be, experience his transforming power. Maybe you've never done that. I'm saying this morning, I'd like to see everybody who needs that power. And listen, don't you think we all need more of that power? I mean, isn't it true we could all use more power to deal with all the challenges and pressures and circumstances and setbacks and hurts of life? And it may be that there's people here who need the healing touch of God. You know, that was one of the things I was going to talk about this morning. I, the healing, the healing power. Not everybody gets healed when we pray for them to be healed. But I'll tell you what, we have seen the demonstration of God's power in miraculously healing people physically. And so whatever the need this morning, the healing power physically, the healing power spiritually, helping you to have whatever you need to be whatever God wants you to be. Let's come down here to the front. Just have a great time of prayer as we have a worship song here and let God's power infiltrate this place and infiltrate our hearts and give us everything we need to go from this place with strength 
and in the power of his might to come as we say.